my sister, when my sister moved in, we're like, hey, what do you want us to get uh, for drinks? And she's like, I haven't had Smirnoff in so long. Can we get Smirnoff? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, there, there's a mango flavor. So we're like, okay. Mango. It, it tastes like candy. All Smirnoff ice tastes like candy. In a weird way, though. <laughs> I kind of, I, after this, I really would like to get beer. This is so sugary. <laughs> I love it. I know. Children's know. booze. I know. It's only... I'm, I'm indulging my inner child. Abyss me. Don't judge. It's 4.5%. <laughs> like You're 4.5%. Alcohol. Like, yes. This is less than our hard side. This is less than a beer. Well, it's meant for people who are 4.5 years old, so... Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I can't like I can't feign superiority. When I was in college, sometimes all you could afford was Smirnoff Ice. So mm-hmm. like, whatever. <laughs> that's fair. Sometimes you just want something that's mildly alcoholic and like super freaking sugary. It's like it's like uh, it's like drinking a uh, Sunny Delight. It does taste it's, like it's a, a it's a spiked Sunny Delight. Is basically what a Smirnoff Ice is. If I I don't know if I wanted to go for. Slight, well, actually, I was gonna say jello shots, but those aren't slightly alcoholic, those are really alcoholic. Never oh, mind. yeah, never mind. <laughs> there, was, there was a point I remember when I was in college that I mixed Sunny D with the vodka. It was so, like a sunny screwdriver, it, but it was like three fourths vodka and one fourth Sunny D. Well, that's I, the proper way to do it. Less driver, more screw. <laughs> to right? which I remember uh, a friend of mine was all that was like, that is the most fucked up screwdriver I've ever <laughs> seen. <laughs> Does it even count? Technically. Uh, technically, it's sunny. It's I mean, it, it's okay. So people feel the same way about screwdrivers as they do about um, mimosas. Some people are like, you know, equal parts or mostly uh, orange juice. Me, it's you pour in enough orange juice just to color it, and the rest is going to be champagne. That's how I do mimosas. There you go. But I'm an alcoholic, so don't listen. <laughs> Welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous. This is a podcast where we um, just are actually not anonymous, the alcoholic at all. No, no. But I, I did blood work today, so we'll see what my doctor says. Okay. Says, my liver's fucked, then all right. Fine. <laughs> if it's not, then I'm not an alcoholic. Well, the only reason I feel like I'm not an alcoholic because uh, I don't drink enough because uh, I'm a social drinker and I certainly am not yeah. drinking a lot in this pandemic. Oh, yeah. this quarantine. Yeah. I'm no. shocked. I, I, like, Happy anniversary, everybody. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. quarantine anniversary. It's been over a year. There's got to be a better got to be a better portmanteau for this. Cornucopia. Quarantine anniversary uh, or uh, pandemic anniversary or pan pandiversary. Anniversary. Yeah. Pan-diversary. <laughs> That's a good one. And, you, and, you, and, in and, the future, we'll just tell. Anademic? No. In the future, we'll tell our, look, in the future, we'll tell our grandkids if we have any that um, there was just the year that pandas took over the world. <laughs> Dude, I, okay, so I have three nephews, so I never need to have kids. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'll just be like, actually, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them my old 3ds too, so I'm gonna be the cool. Yeah, we, we have two nieces, or so. Yeah, just, we're good. Give them stuff, just like here. Yeah. Here you go. It's you great. Want my, want my shake here? Have it. I'm giving them Pokemon Sun and Moon. They better be grateful. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you're a great, Uncle. Hey, they just announced um, the uh, remakes not long ago. They announced the remakes of uh, uh, Diamond and Pearl. 
there, I I am so far behind Pokemon um, that uh, did they ever? I'm guessing they remade Red and Blue at some point. Yeah, well, in 2004 they made um, Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green. Uh huh. Then I think they remade it again, technically with Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. I've played, okay, I've played Red, Blue, and Yellow. I've played Sun and Moon. I've played Pokemon Go. And I have to say, oh, and I played like Pokemon Snap and Stadium and all that. But uh, I have to say, I kind of like Pokemon when it was really old and janky. (laughs) Well, Gold and Silver are my favorite Pokemon games. And I think like it took everything the first two games did made them better, but still kept the, the as much of the old formula as possible. It had a lot of quality of life things that I thought made the game sure. better. But at the same time, oh, yeah. introduced a lot of cool new Pokemon. The designs weren't super tired yet. Right. I just, I don't know. When Pokemon went 3D, I just kind of went, eh, no, some of the magic's gone. Like, my imagination filled in a lot more. Uh, speaking, but, of tri- speaking of childhood, the story we got submitted is about uh, uh, childhood. I want to talk about a story. I want to talk about Pokemon. <laughs> that's true i also want to talk about pokemon maybe we can talk, maybe, you're right <laughs> maybe we can intersperse pokemon in with the story because you know when else do we get to talk about pokemon <laughs> <laughs> no let's uh who, who sent us this actually uh this is actually written by sakura oh <gasps> i know oh, i have I'm excited. I, I don't think i've heard a sakura story since the um the couples contest ages yeah, ago which she won by the way and, and did it Damn good job. Yeah, she uh, she actually gave me uh, two stories and said, yeah, feel free to read these. And I'm like, uh, she's, she actually joked like uh, that she would probably uh, title these if there were multitudes of them, call it uh, Tales from the Cornfield. Because <laughs> they both have that sort of feel to it. But uh, this, oh, nice. this one uh, is called Captain Cal. So I'm going to, I put the link in the appropriate place so we can... Now zoom in and take a gander at this one. Um, it's, it's not that long. If I nah, well, this is why we, that, that gives us plenty of room to banter about Pokemon, even if it has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> uh, like, I'll just, 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 I've decided that so, randomly throughout this, uh, by the way, it's funny, we went through all this, we didn't bother introducing ourselves, and I apologize. I'm David. I'm Kayla. I'm Abysme. There, we did it. Okay. And uh, if you're new to this podcast, go back a few episodes. This is what, the 96th episode? Yeah, we read, uh, uh, basically, we read uh, listener-submitted stories, or uh, (laughs) basically, people send us uh, their stories, whether it be through Patreon or email at midnightmarinaregmail.com. Wink. Get all that stuff out of the way early. Might as well. Mm -hmm. Except for when we talk about Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah, there's the, the okay. So do you occasionally <laughs> discuss movies that have either Robert Pattinson or look after 96 episodes? It is the onus is no longer on us to like to tell people what you know the show's about because just go to the first one. There you go. Yeah, you're 96 right. in. Well, That's I mean, fair. I mean, they're not episodic or Whatever. they're not, they're they're not them serials. In order. But yeah, for the most, most of them. for the most part, we read uh, so, uh, reviewer submitted stories and then uh, specifically horror, and then give our feedback while sounding like assholes. But we also will um, occasionally review movies, like uh, recently we reviewed uh, Will, uh, Wally's Wonderland um, and sound like assholes. Or Wally's Wonderland. Or, I know I made that joke the last time, but or occasionally SCP stories and sound like assholes. Either way, what's most important is that everybody out there knows what our favorite starters are. Abysme, what's your favorite starter? Oh, uh, 
God, I was just thinking, what's my favorite Pokemon? And that's even more difficult to answer. <laughs> oh, I know my favorite Pokemon. That one I can answer. I know my favorite Pokemon. I think I've I said have, it on this podcast before. I have too many. And it changes depending on like my mood. My <laughs> I should have mood Pokemon. <laughs> but maybe maybe we'll as we go out, we'll pick favorite Pokemon by type. Yeah. That might make it easier. Uh, I'll say it Oh no, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's Kingler. My favorite's Kingler. Oh, no. oh, that's you know I've never heard anyone choose Kingler. I'm actually that's pretty it's cool. A, it's a giant king crab who has hyper beam that shoots out of his claw. And that <laughs> when I was a kid and I saw that in the anime, that was the coolest shit I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's, it's the giant enemy crab everybody asked for. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is Noibat because he is a precious good boy son. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. It's very tiny, adorable, adorable bat. Adorable, and then it turns into Noivern and turns into a badass. Um, it's weird. It's like Noivern, cute, not as powerful, and then, uh, but but not as awful as Magikarp, but then turns into Noivern and it's like, beats the shit out of everything. Actually, I feel that's the same case with uh, recently, um, the, okay, we call her Bonnie because that's the name of you know, the Pokemon. Uh, Boltent. Boltent and uh, uh, Yamper. So Yamper, weak little thing, and then Boltent is like this beast of a of a thing that's like bite, dies, eats XP, fast motherfucker. <laughs> like <laughs> we've been what playing. The hell? We've been playing Pokemon Sword during the uh, pandemic. Pandemic nice. before the pandemic. So nice. Um, I, I've gone on record and said it before. My favorite is is Marowak. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, Mar- I love Marowak Cubone started. and Marowak. Cubone, Cubone and Marowak are my favorite Pokemon. And in particular, since they added the uh, the Fire Ghost version of Marowak in right. like uh, Sun, and, Sun and Moon, that's my favorite version, my favorite iteration of Marowak. But before that, Marowak and Cubone were my favorite Pokemon because it's pretty hardcore to wear the bones of your enemies as armor. So Hell yeah. I think the reading order should be by uh, alcohol tolerance between the highest alcohol tolerance to the lowest. So a business first, then me, then David. How dare you? But it's true. <laughs> Look, it's you can't. It's not fair to say that about David. He's only four and a half. He wouldn't have a high alcohol. <laughs> I'll pee on your shoes. Don't think I won't. I got my big boy pants. I can't wait to explain that to Paprika. Paprika, Paprika, David was here. What? Yeah, he drove two and a half hours and then peed on my shoes. He <laughs> left. I drove, I drove there. I shouldn't be driving if I'm four and a half. Who, who let that four-year-old drive? Well, should and can are two different. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Captain Cal by Sakura. There weren't a lot of children's shows like Pokemon that I could watch growing up. <laughs> We lived in an isolated Nebraska farming community, so there was no cable television, and satellite TV was too expensive, according to my parents. We had a DVD player, and the Postal Service managed to get the Netflix DVDs to us. Remember when Netflix would mail out DVDs? I do. That was... Wow. That feels like a lifetime ago. Remember Netflix? Remember when they mailed you DVDs? Remember when Netflix was like, just whatever movies exist, and not churning out obscure garbage that you're just never going to (laughs) watch? Yeah, I remember Blockbuster. Uh, I do. What was the? I I don't think we've actually touched Netflix since the Dark Crystal. Is that really? the last time we watched anything oh on Netflix? That was actually like we were like interested in that, and then of course they're like, burr, 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 it's canceled. Well, they did the same. Well, I, I don't. They haven't canceled Neo Yokio. 
but I don't think they're ever going to do another season, which pisses me off because well, they didn't they didn't renew oh. um, they didn't renew MST three K either. So no. mm-hmm. oh, but they I'm, did I'm, they did new seasons of uh, Castlevania, which I need to watch. I haven't seen the second or third seasons of Castlevania. This is true. I should yeah, go like they dropped and like I just didn't know because of course they do a terrible job at advertising their good stuff. But yeah, yeah it's that. true. No, Castlevania was legit, so... Hell yeah. Well, that's the problem with Netflix, is they just churn out. Like, they're the Blumhouse of streaming services. <laughs> like, I, there's, you're there's, just throwing stuff at the wall, and I none of this interests me. Stop. Well, there's points where, like, Netflix... Like, they uh, for the first few years after, like, they actually became a streaming service, like, their content was really fucking good. Yeah. And then now they're just throwing whatever to the wall, and then occasionally it's... There's some... Uh, really fucking good shit sometimes but then there's like what the hell is this uh what was the what was the there was a show that was on netflix that was hot garbage what's it called maybe (laughs) (laughs) um uh why uh, why are you thinking oh wait 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 no 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 i'm thinking of uh movies sorry so apparently, I can I, hear Sakura flailing in the background. Oh no, she's probably in the future. she's loving this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, uh, so weirdly enough, uh, Netflix, I think within a year period, uh, did two teen films that were based off Cyrano de Bergerac. Weirdly enough, what? Yeah. So one is called Sierra Burgess is a Loser, and people said it is hot garbage. It is so it's kind of creepy. And this main character is so unlikable. Um, but then there's another really... Uh, we'll do it twice. No one will know the difference. What we really okay. Do, okay. There's, a, there's another um, uh, Cyrano de Bergerac one called uh, The Half of It, which people have said it's really fucking good because it's from the point of view of a Chinese-American uh, girl who actually has a crush on this woman. Or, or a teen girl uh, oh, like her. But, Sorry, that reminds me of something, but continue. But um, it also captures also the captures that like experience of being uh, Chinese American in a small town, right? And that sort of family lifestyle. Because I mean, the woman directing it is Chinese American and queer, so right, it, it comes across. So apparently, it's it, from what I've heard, it's really fucking good, um, which is weird. Two Cyrano de Bergerac uh, modern takes in high school. One is hot garbage, and the other is actually pretty damn good. So, like, while we're on the topic of Netflix adaptations, um, did, did either of you ever watch Roswell? No. I couple episodes when I was younger. I so, Paprika, Paprika loved it, because Aliens. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about it, because I was a fucking shut-in when I was that age. Um... And my parents kept everything from me. But she, like, a couple of years ago just said, I'm going to rewatch Roswell. Have you ever seen it? It would be really cool if you watched it with me. And I watched, like, the first two seasons or something. There's only three. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I get the appeal. You know, early 90s, early aughts stuff. Cool. Uh, Netflix did an adaptation, like a, a, a soft reboot, maybe. I, I would just say it's a full reboot. And the first episode is, okay, the new, the main character, um, like, works for a DA somewhere and is a Latina American and goes back to her small town to help her father. And it's this first episode is couched in the fact that there's like a border checkpoint 
And it's just like right off the bat dives deep, deep, deep into political issues in America dealing with race and government and white supremacy and all this shit like that the original never touched because it just wasn't about that. But mm-hmm. it was like really exciting because oh my god, and you know it, it, it's 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 it was really powerful. And then they abandoned it after the third episode, which god fucking, fucking sucks because I was like, okay, this makes sense. Aliens, illegal aliens. This is this is great sci-fi material. Someone's finally doing it, and then they just drop it and fucking sucked. But um, <sighs> I know I was I was so excited. It was really good because if you're gonna oh. do it, that's how you should do it. That's what's the best sci-fi does is it it, it plays with it, it plays with moral and philosophical and mm-hmm. societal quandaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ray Baron, right? Anyway, when we finish. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, this is always prompted by remember when Netflix would mail out DVDs. So the question, the long <laughs> answer to that is yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> we do. Goes world. Uh, my parents had internet access at their job to order the DVDs. The movie theater in town was only open on Saturdays for two showings. They just ran old movies that were at least 30 years old. So Netflix was worth the money to them. That's right, so a good we, setup. Yeah, that's yeah. good Good setup for this place is isolated in terms of what they have access to. In Nebraska, of all places. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to say that we were cut off from the civilized world. We had the required radio to get weather alerts, and there was an aerial antenna on the roof that received three channels, ABC, CBS, and NBC. If the weather was clear, we could get uh, the channel that carried Fox. Sadly, on Saturday mornings, there were no cartoons on the channels carried uh, there no cartoons on the channels carried the local farm report instead. <laughs> no Saturday morning cartoons and only it's farm tragic. reports. Yeah, I, I, hmm. That could have been worded a little better. There's um, well, sadly, on Saturday mornings there was no cartoons, comma, as the channels carried. I think that would oh, clear it up just a like little. One, just, or, that comma. just a comma, right? Or there. sadly, comma. Then yeah, like there needs to be a comma splice somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, just a thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one odd channel that didn't carry any network programming and only seemed to be on the air for a few hours between Friday night and Saturday morning. My parents worked odd hours and weren't. Uh, weren't ones to get up early on weekends, so I was free to watch television until the sun came up on Saturday. Nice. Uh, uh, we're going to get some lost media shit, aren't we? Yeah. A lost Holy media crap. I am a sucker for lost media pasta. If it's, if it's done well, yeah. Oh, even if it's done t- terribly. You know, <laughs> it's just entertaining. <laughs> Okay, well, let's 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 we, confession time. How many of us were drawn into the creepypasta genre because of lost media stories? Yeah, let's be real. N- not well. Mm, okay, not me technically. I was drawn in by the Russian sleep experiment, but okay. Uh, my if I have if I can say one claim to fame from my music career, it is a song I did for a lost media channel. That is like the only thing to get any notoriety on YouTube, and I still get comments and views on it to this day, referencing that video. So, oh, nice. still, like, obviously, a really, really big part of creepypasta. Oh yeah, and again, if done correctly, it's it, it's it's a it could be a trope instead of a cliche, you know? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Maybe so it I, was. I'm oh, sorry. No, I was like, so let's see where this goes. Yeah. Maybe it was a community access channel. At the ripe old age of six, I didn't really understand how channels work, but there didn't seem to be any commercials or network logos. I don't remember even a title card identifying the show, so I couldn't tell you what the name of it was. 
It was always just a guy in a cornfield lit by what looked to be the headlights of a tractor. Oh man. That, <laughs> that is uh like that's either like King of the Hill or <laughs> or a snuff film. Like there are two ways to go with that. And both of them are good material. It's Boomhauer snuff film. Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go up in there and hit him with a fucking shovel and I'm gonna get up. Uh, I really remember what he looked like. I'm sorry, I don't really remember what he looked like, but I remember his voice. Hey there, it's Captain Cal. He would start each show, always using a sing-song tone. Then he would stand there talking about all the magical creatures that lived in the cornfield. Elves, fairies, unicorns, griffins, Pokemon, and even talking about <laughs> All waiting in the cornfield for a boy or girl brave enough to venture out there in the moonlight. Ooh, okay. We're going to get some child abduction stuff up in here. Uh-huh. He always said the magic only happened at night when the moon was shining high overhead. This this gives me 1999 vibes a little bit. Oh, yeah. And, but already, already, and, I think this is more compelling in 1999. Oh, sure, because and I'm not saying that Sakura has uh, chalked this full of plagiarism. No, <laughs> unlike 1999. <laughs> but I, I the think, uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is definitely. Uh... In all honesty, it's uh, she's going with a medium, and like you said, it's the lost medium, yeah, style. So, or not style. There's a word for it. Trope? Is it just trope or genre? Uh, genre? genre? Subgenre? Subgenre? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Remember, I was only six. I still believed in Santa Claus and cooties. I also lived in a place where the main reason for locking your doors was so the wind didn't blow it open. The biggest crime I can remember <laughs> happening was someone keying a new car after the at the Ford dealership. This was the fall of two thousand. Oh my god. The bite of 87 in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when there is less to worry about. Really? Yeah, maybe out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. To, be, to be fair, 9-11 hadn't happened yet. Oh, yes. you are right. Oh my god. You that's are right. correct. This like, is a pre-9-11 world. This, and a pre-9-11 world? Yeah. Uh, I didn't even... Uh, I don't think I even knew what stranger danger was at that point because there weren't any strangers. The only... Mm. St- Danger to my safety was that of the cornfields, uh, that the cornfields were massive and it was easy to get lost among the rows and rows of stocks that were twice my height. Dude, this is the kind of place where on Halloween you can totally get um, uh, hay rides and corn mazes. Yeah. I would love that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you could get, probably find all kinds of Pokemon in that tall grass. Okay, favorite starters, real quick. God damn. Uh, I asked it earlier. We we already talked about our favorite Pokemon in general. My favorite, my favorite, your favorite business. I mean, favorite. probably Charmander, which is not the best choice to do, but I've it's, always just loved Charmander. It's justified. A lot of people really love Charmander and for good reason, so I totally respect that answer, honestly. I mean he evolves into a fuck off dragon by the end of it. He does. Yep. I always got a soft spot for Bulbasaur. Yeah. He's just he's adorable. I, I think I think by the time I get to Venusaur, it's not as appealing, but can't help but love the little guy, you know. Well, and he but, gets doesn't he get life leech, which is in the originals was like super broken. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's it's a good it's a good ability. No, it was good. Like it was it was a fault of the game, not of the. It wasn't a cheat or anything, but yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Rallet. Oh, the little owl from uh... yeah, yeah, because yeah. um, if I recall. It's someone that becomes a ghost type at yes. the start stage, right? Yes. I never, I didn't play that generation, so he does become a ghost type, and that's why I love him. And it's Speaking a of ghost type. Um, 
I said this on Twitter ages ago, but the evolution chain for Gasly should be reversed. Gasly should be the final because he should be becoming less corporeal as he goes along. Oh, I always thought Haunter had a cooler design than Gengar though. Uh, they're they're all cool designs, but Gasly was always my favorite because he was just so incorporeal. And I really it's a it's, it's a floating orb of darkness and fog, which is yeah. pretty great. It was it, really cool. I, I I like I'm looking at the at the three boys now, and yeah, if Gengar was just smaller and then Gasly was shown as much bigger, mm-hmm. that would actually still work as like um, uh, leveling up. Yeah. Oh well. I don't know. Uh, okay. I wanted so much to meet the elves, the talking kittens, and all the other wonderful things that Captain Cal promised were waiting for me. And finally, I decided that I would be brave and risk the dark. I can clearly remember Captain Cal holding up a little kitten and saying that she was so lonely and just wanted me to come out and find her. Oh, my God. I crept to the door and undid the slide bolt, opening the door and stepping onto the wooden porch in just my nightshirt. It was cold and damp, and so dark I could barely make out what the rows of corn, where the rows of corn started. Countless days exploring the property had given me a pretty good memory of where things were, so I made my way to the cornfields and I loved to, that I loved to run through during the day. At night, in bare feet, the same cornfields were not much fun to wander in. I was cold and quickly lost my sense of direction with only moonlight to see by. I soon began to cry as I walked the row, the row believing I would be lost forever. I, you know, uh, that definitely captures like uh, being six years old. And mm-hmm. I remember when I was six, I just wore a uh, like nightshirt, big t-shirt. You just wore a big t-shirt to bed and they would go like, it would be like a large size and it would go down to your ankles because you were so small. When I was six, I got lost at Disneyland because my mom <laughs> said, don't let go of her hand at the Matterhorn. And I did. And then I got lost at Disneyland. <laughs> Out. <laughs> Did uh, <laughs> I, I don't blame you for that. I mean, the it has to happen at least once. The moment anyone gets lost at Disneyland, though, I feel like uh, future David needs to play this clip. Michelle, 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 where are you? Abuse me! Abuse me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be prophetic. Uh, Kitty, I called out. Kitty, I'm here, but I'm lost and scared. Kitty, are you here? It was not just... A, it was not a talking kitty, but Joe Connor who found me curled up in the dirt, sobbing just as the sun was rising. A talking kitty? Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. Birds. Joe lived in town and worked the cornfields <laughs> since my parents both had full-time jobs, but didn't want to let the fields just sit empty. He was only there at that time because of his driverless tractor. It was satellite-guided, but used sensors to detect objects in its path. And it had sent a text alert to his phone that someone was blocking it. Oddly, uh, yeah, that's not impossible, but it's probably not for BFE Nebraska. Yeah. So, uh, uh, here's a funny thing. I did do a quick read through of that uh, of this story before I um, before I submitted it because I asked, I, I read through and I'm like, can we read this on UCA? And she said, sure. I and I said the one thing that bothers me about this story is the self-guided tractor. And she's like, believe it or not, I did know someone in 2000 who did have this. And I'm like, you're gonna have to need to explain this better because you, you like you began describing like all these points about how isolated it is, how you don't have much technology, and then 
suddenly <laughs> the world's most sophisticated <laughs> tracker. Yeah, but apparently that did exist when she, in the year 2000. She lived in a place like Nebraska, too. Go so. figure. No, I figured, I figured, uh, you know, it, the, the, the nods to Sakura here, this sounds like she's writing from experience, or at least drawing from experience for this one. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. feel like for this part with a satellite guided, there has, it needs to be, uh, there, there needs to be a description, like, uh, like maybe uh, something like, strangely enough, um, despite how isolated we are, uh, Joe was the only one that had this. I don't know. Well, Some even people- that feels very like you're you're trying too hard to explain it away. Um, and even if that is accurate, it's the way it's couched in the story and the story set up. It's still it's going to leave people scratching their head, going a satellite guided tractor. What? So I would just say Joe happened upon you some other way. Tractor, yeah. not even in the story. Yeah, I'm, I think that's probably the better way to word it. Like, he was getting ready for work and found you. Yeah. yeah. We don't need uh, a satellite guided tractor. Uh, oddly, the something wasn't me because he said the tractor was shut down on the other side of a 335-acre cornfield. So the tractor wasn't even on. Yeah, so the tractor doesn't need to be in here. Like that, that is such a distracting aside. Um, Although the, the, I think, but, but the point is the tractor detected something else, which is what brought him out there. So I don't know if that's going to be important later. Wait, the tractor's satellite guided GPS has a 335 acre range. Uh, that, or it just, it just, it was satellite guided, but used sensors to detect like objects in its path. So, so it detected received, an object in the re- path that oh, wasn't he corn. Re- he received a text alert to his phone to say something was blocking it. But it wasn't her. Oh, it was something else in the cornfield. So, but then how did he find her? He just happened to be in the same area? Well, maybe he went, I don't know, he went looking or he or his path to the tractor happened to cross where she was. Like and all, this, tractor, I think. all this is plausible, but it's also kind of, it's just improbable. And uh, yeah, I feel like that needs, that that paragraph needs to be cleaned up. You know, it doesn't really matter how Joe found you. It just needs to be kind of simple. And then Joe found me because he was doing his rounds or whatever. Unless it's setting up something like the idea like, ooh, what, what was the other thing that caused the tractor to stop? But, but if that's the case, there should be a better way. I don't know. There could be another way to s- describe that eeriness. Maybe like, yeah. oh, I, he spotted something in the field and then went out and then eventually found her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it turned out what he didn't spot was me because he was looking on, he was going towards the other side of the field or something like that. I don't know. It could be, it could be simple. Yeah. Of course, rather of than using a self-guided tractor. Mm-hmm. I, I left a breadcrumb trail of, you know, buttons and I got, I, you know, I mixed <laughs> up my own breadcrumb trail of buttons, but Joe happened to find them and like put two and two together. I don't know. Some, something. I started dropping Pokemon cards. <laughs> <laughs> But I, but I think it, no, I think the idea it is supposed to it is supposed to give that idea like hmm what did uh what did the tractor run into yeah for sure because and then but I feel like there should be something else I don't know simpler to keep that like is there something else that's in the field with her is there another way that Joe could have spotted it but then accidentally ran into her. Yeah, like she she could have entered the cornfield from one end. Joe could have entered the cornfield from a different end just during his, you know, daily routine. And he says, well, we're actually technically closer to my truck. So I'll just, you know, let's just go back to my truck the other way and I'll just drive you around. And on their way back, they encounter whatever. Just as a, there's something to throw out there. Not saying that's what Sakura should do, but yeah, well, that, that's more simple. 
Yeah, let's see where the rest of this goes. Because now, I mean, this I won't say this much. Story, story's got me. Yeah, no, I want to know. I think uh, it's uh, I think it's your paragraph now, Kayla. Yes. I guess at some point I cried myself to sleep despite the cold and damp. Uh, I remember despite the cold. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember him picking me up and carrying me back to the house, yelling for my parents as he sat me down on the sofa. I told him about Captain Cal and the show that was on every Friday night and how he talked about all the wonderful magical creatures that came out at night to play in the cornfield. They were angry with me, but they were mostly scared. The sheriff even came to the house uh, and listened while I repeated everything I could tell him about the show and Captain Cal. He said it must have been a pirate broadcast. I don't know what that meant at the time, but after that night, I never saw the show again. My parents took to unplugging the television and making sure that I wasn't, I was in bed instead of staying awake until sunrise. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> My window to the world. <laughs> in time, the memory faded since it seemed to be a case of no harm done. I eventually believed it had been had just been my overacting act of imagination or weird dream that led me to venture out that night in search of a kitten. When my parents decided to sell the property over a decade later to one of the commercial farmers, I came home to help them pack up. My dad joked about how we owned 1,240 acres, but really only developed about one third of it. The backwoods, as my friends called it, was mostly untouched. I think it finally occurred to us to use them to all of us that the majority of the property had been ignored, like it didn't exist. We agreed that we needed to take the tractor for one last ride and see it and see just what was back there for our own curiosity if nothing else. So mm-hmm. like her parents and her or her, her friends and her. Uh, yeah. So they had a large amount of acreage and only a third of it was actually knocked down and tilled and developed into farming land, the rest of its woods. That tracks, yeah. Okay. That's a lot of acreage. Like, yeah, it's a lot of land. <laughs> it was definitely the woods, overground with trees and brush and bushes, and also with raccoon dens and at least one coyote that we saw. There was also an old cabin, no doubt a hunting blind, that had been there for close to a century, and I remember feeling scared. I felt like I had when I was six years old, lost in a moonlit cornfield. Hmm. We had to explore it, of course, and see if there was anything interesting or valuable. What we found was a small diesel generator, the remains of broadcasting equipment, and a video camera that still had an v- old VHS tape in it. Apparently someone had been trying to do a show from there, but abandoned the location in the elements long before we found it. <laughs> um, on the wall was a jacket that said Captain Cal across the back of it. Dad grabbed my hand and said, let's go, as he pulled me outside. We never said a word about it after that, since there didn't seem to be a point to telling it anyone. No harm done, after all. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I Sakura is very good at short, punchy stories. And oh, yeah. those are my favorite, if we're talking about online horror fiction. Um, and th- th- this story achieves everything it sets out to do, which is, I lived in the middle of nowhere, and there's a pirated broadcast out there of some dude trying to lure kids into cornfields in the middle of nowhere because he didn't think he'd get caught. And that is nefarious and creepy, and it's lost media-ish. Perfect. Love it. And, well, it's interesting because like, the, the, it seems like the viewpoint would be a little different, but it does track, actually. Yeah. Like maybe the hunter's blind is facing the cornfield. Yeah. You know? And I, I think the idea is that the track like that tractor accidentally ran into what was most likely Captain Cal. 
cabin <laughs> or something. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> we found Captain Cow underneath the tractor. Oh my god. Oh, it could also be that the tractor just stopped because it detected something. You know, just yeah. Like, and that was Captain Cow trying to make his way across the field to where the. Dude, yeah, that's like, and it, it, you can interpret it however you want. Where did Captain Cal go? Did he die? Did he leave? Did he quit? Did he get arrested? Who knows? Or was he run over by a tractor? Who knows? The, the context details are nice. It's a very, it's again short and punchy, and that's a good thing mm-hmm. for this, mm-hmm. this kind of story. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. There was, I had some other uh, thought in here. What I mean, the other, the other thing you could report from this is that it seems like the broadcast might have even been directed just at our protagonist here yeah or just like enough of um like maybe captain cal knows that hey within a certain mile radius i know that i can hit at least 25 farmhouses or whatever yeah but it happens to be the one that's closest to their their cornfield like that's on their it's on their acres of land that family's acreage so the one thing i do suggest i the jacket was never brought up earlier i feel as in i feel like that should have been true like earlier like oh he wore a a, like some sort of jacket with a sparkle like a spark or not a sparkly (laughs) bedazzled captain uh with captain kell lettering on it Uh, well and to be fair it does say i don't really remember what he looked like so that's kind of just there to say yes this was captain kell's cabin Mm-hmm. Um, say that five times fast. That's uh, true. But at the same time, you could, you know, the VHS could have had a, a handwritten label on it saying Captain Cal episode one, you know, yeah. but it, it's fine. You could have put, or it could have just had the words in big, in, like ambiguous. You want to, you could have just have the words Cal on the back of the jacket, just C A L. Captain mm-hmm. Cal's plan to abduct children, number 75. Or- <laughs> or, like, or, ooh, or like a not gas station jacket, but like one of those. Uh, it is, well, I mean, I, I always think of it as a gas station jacket, but like a worker's jacket that had cow J- jumpsuit. Yeah, mm-hmm. with uh, the uh, name cow on it. Yeah, there you go. Like maybe lose the captain part, and then it gets a, even a little bit more cryptic. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's still like there's not, no not, not for the character's name, but for I mean the for the jacket evidence. I mean that's just a suggestion, Sakura. Honestly, like yeah, we're just throwing ideas out. Uh, the only thing, like I said, the, uh, the only thing that I that I was a little iffy about is the self guided tractor. I it's yeah. like I believe her that it existed in uh, two thousand, and that she probably did know someone who had it. But at the same time, it feels kind of off putting when earlier it's been described how isolated this place is and how like the technology was meh. And I and I think what Sakura was saying was that her family was not, not quite Luddites, but like very, just, you know, very low tech, which does not mean that the rest of the town was necessarily, no, but we also got nothing about the rest of the town. So when Joe comes in with his space age tractor guidance system, it, yeah, it's, it's a very big clash. Oh yeah. Especially considering, <laughs> especially considering that, that he works, he works for the family. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, there's a proximity issue there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's hard. I, I wouldn't know what to tweak beyond that because I actually think again the story works very well on its own. This is a very, um, very classic in terms of yes. like good creepy pasta. That's like the yes. vibe I get from it. It's it's short. It's anecdotal. It it you can infer a lot from it. it like, it's also 
believable enough that I'd be like, yeah, I, you can imagine something like this. happening. It's got enough. It's got enough like details, but it doesn't over, it doesn't flood you with them to, to you spend disbelief. And I think what I like about it too, because it does, this creates the vibe of, for the, I, like, I think my favorite parts is the idea of the small town, the idea of um, this Nebraska cornfield location. Like the, the, the atmosphere in this is very good. Mm-hmm. I love the image of the little girl wandering through the cornfield in the moonlight. It's very... In just a nightshirt. Yeah, it's spooky and sad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who's your favorite gym leader? Uh, (laughs) Oh. Pokemon waifus to go. Oh, no. Well, my waifus, uh, none of them are gym leaders for, for in Pokemon. Favorite gym leader. I, I like uh, Lieutenant Surge because he served in the Pokemon War, and the implications <laughs> of that are never explored. But boy, are they deep! I mean, the what? implications of the first couple games are deep. There was a war that took place before the events of that game. And, and what, head- what was that? Like, what is know. a Pokemon War? <laughs> Keep in mind, he's in essentially the Pokemon's equivalent of Japan, but he's described as the Lightning American. Oh, you're right. Fight for America. During this Pokemon War, World War Two, but Pokemon. I mean, it's possible. It's crazy. Like, and then, like, and that's that's probably a throwaway line someone put in there. Like, it doesn't mean anything, but the implications are just so drastic. I mean, the other thing too is there's a space shuttle in the museum in mm-hmm. uh, Peter City, and they mm-hmm. talk about landing on the moon in '69. So there are some parallels to the Pokemon world still happened in ours. So well, and Pokemon is built on just like a surreal or a kind of a magical realism of our reality, just slightly tweaked. And that makes it so accessible and relatable. Oh yeah. I mean, I have some theories, but I can discuss those with you when we're, uh, when we're off, when we're off uh, recording. So just because I part two, more Pokemon theories. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I'm now looking at the, looking at different gym leaders. You like seeing if I, who, cause, uh, I know oh, there's Whitney. I always, Look, it's nurse. It's nurse Jenny. No, sorry, officer Jenny. Officer Je- nurse Jenny. Nurse Jenny, Jenny officer Joy. <laughs> Both of them. Both of them at the same time. Fuck it. Those are my waifus. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> gosh, I don't. I I thought I had an answer to this, but I have to think about it. Okay, I'll I'll report back next episode with my. Uh, remind me. I'll. I'll this is what back. I want you to do, feature David. I want you to record. David's favorite waifu, and I want you to splice it in randomly in the next episode with zero context. Just say, my favorite Pokemon waifu is blank, and then just do that. Somewhere in the next episode. Okay, sure. Perfect. I'll do that. Like, fuck the gym leaders. Go, or I want the professors. There's some. Yeah. Okay, then that's a good one. Favorite professor? Uh, let's, Sonia. Sonia's great. Sonia's great. Uh, She's a new one, uh, but a sycamore? Uh, same with Rowan. I mean, again, we're talking about Pokemon. Juniper, too. <laughs> <laughs> what about Professor Oak? What hey. about him? What about him? You are close. <laughs> no one wants to fuck me. What's what's up with that? I sound like Ben Shapiro for some reason. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Ben Shapiro is the Professor Oak of the world. I don't want Ben Shapiro no. to be Professor Oak. No. <laughs> no. Um, hey, hey, Sakura. 
Thank you for sending us this story. Uh, uh, this was a lot of fun. Ooh, freshness ratings. Yeah, I will give this, um, in terms of freshness ratings, hmm. I'll give this one kitten out of a 350-acre cornfield. I'm going to give this, I turned my collar to the cold and damp. <laughs> because that was, cold and damp was in here twice, and I kept feeling like that was a reference. Ooh. Um, my... Uh, my rating is is corn grass. Yes. <laughs> um, Thank you. Thank you. As we established earlier, if you enjoy what you hear here and you'd like to hear our own feedback on your story, feel free to email us at midnightmarinara at gmail.com with uh, a link to your story and or a posting of it as long as it's actually yours and you have your permission, we will read it. You'll be dumb and make dumb jokes, and give you critique, and all that good stuff. If you're a patron, you get priority first, and you also get access to our choice dregs, which are all usually a lot of fun, but also pretty much just the banter. It's all banter, nothing but, 24-7 banter. Banter and Morty, 100 years. <laughs> okay, you know what? No, uh, uh, Kayla, grass, corn is a grass, because grasses include cereal grasses, and maize also known as corn, is a cereal grain. They're both cereals, so corn is grass. That just solved a mystery. You, you heard it here, folks. Corn is, is grass. Science. Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinera, and this podcast is part of creativehorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at creativehorror.com. <laughs>